Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there will be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. What is going on, my friend? Welcome to How to Get Your First 100,000 Podcast Listeners, the show for online business owners who want to launch, grow, and monetize a podcast. Now, if you are a business owner and you're maybe you have a podcast already, Maybe you don't. This episode is going to help you tremendously. I wish I heard this episode four, five, six years ago when I was getting started in the podcasting because it would have helped me solve a lot of the bigger problems most podcasters can run into when they're launching a show. And I'm not going to do this solo today. Today I have a very, very cool guest, someone I have studied personally, learned from personally. And I've seen him come up the ranks in the podcasting space and the guy is crushing it and he's doing some really cool work. So I am going to be sharing with you a really cool interview with myself and Kevin Schmidtland. Welcome to How to Get Your First 100,000 Podcast Listeners, where we talk about the very granular how-to tactics, as well as the big picture thinking you need to grow and multiply your listener base. My name is Luis Diaz. Let's dive in. You don't know Kevin. He is the founder of Q9 Creative, which is a podcasting company that does really high-level work for brands and and entrepreneurs who um, are looking to launch a podcast or produce a podcast that is unique like uh, no other. Now, besides Q9, Kevin is also the host of Grow the Show, which is an amazing podcast similar to this one that talks about how to grow a podcast. So if you like this show, you'll probably like Kevin's as well. He also formerly produced a podcast called Philly Who, which was his first show that really took off, which featured thinkers, doers, and performers in the Philadelphia area. Now, here's the cool thing about that podcast and also Grow the Show when you go to listen to it. He does it differently than anybody else in the industry. Kevin is, and you'll, you will get into his background here, and I'm not going to spoil it for you in the interview, but because of his unique background, he has a very cool way of producing his podcast, which do not sound like your normal interview shows. They don't sound like your normal um, podcast episodes, which is why, why I think 
he is unique and very, very successful. It's his ability to create unique, different content from what everyone else is doing in the industry. So um, we definitely dive into that heavy amount because I wanted to ask him a lot of those questions around how he does it, what's his process like. So if you want to figure out how to create like an NPR style type of podcast that sounds really cool, sounds different from everyone else in your industry, then this is the episode you are going to want to take notes on, not just listen to, but actually take freaking notes on. Okay. And if you have uh, questions or want to dive in more, then reach out to him or check out the show notes. And there's plenty of resources there. Okay. So a couple other things we get into with Kevin and mind you, by the way, this is an, this is an in-person interview we did in Miami in a studio right down the road from where I live. And you can tell just one tip if you ever think about wanting to do interviews, uh, in-person interviews that are way better and way more fun than just normal distance interviews. So if you have the time or have the ability to do them, I highly recommend them. However, a couple of the things I want to draw your attention to in this episode that you're going to learn from Kevin. Number one, you're going to learn what's moving the needle the most for his podcast, specifically what's growing his show. I believe it grew his show, um, oh, I forget the number, but a good amount, a couple of thousand listeners possibly when it comes to having record days, this strategy has helped him the most in recent. You're also going to learn how he's been approached by different sponsors and how he's navigating the sponsorship space, what he did to create relationships with the right people to get sponsors and start getting his podcasts uh, you know, funded, essentially. And then also how to niche down a someone who has a lot of passions, a lot of, a lot of things they want to talk about on the podcast. So I specifically ask him questions around how he helps people who have, you know, three or four different topics they want to talk about on a podcast, how to position them, what to do with them, how to make it unique and not too broad while still being able to cover all the topics that you want to cover. All right. So if you are someone who has a podcast idea and you want to figure out how can I make this work, still be specific and unique, yet I don't want to pigeonhole myself. We get into that at the beginning of the episode, and you are going to find what he shares with me very, very helpful, as I know I did. All right, so outside of that, enjoy this episode. Make sure you check out the show notes. Go reach out to Kevin. Check out his show. It's very, very uh, well put together, and it's a show I listen to quite regularly, too, so I'm a listener and a fan of his work as well. So without further ado, Enjoy this episode with Kevin Schmidlin. This episode is brought to you by Riverside.fm, the leading platform to record studio quality podcasts anywhere. Now, for me, one of the biggest changes I made this year was switching my podcast recording software from Zoom over to Riverside. And quickly after I made that switch, I had my team purchase about a dozen accounts for every one of our new clients. And here's why. Riverside has unbelievably high recording quality, regardless of your guest's internet quality, meaning if your guest is in a place that has horrible internet quality, Riverside is going to help you. You are not going to have to reschedule or try and patch together a choppy interview like you would have to do with other softwares. Secondly, it's really easy to use. I had no prior experience with Riverside, and it was very easy for me to figure out how to navigate over to starting my first recording and doing a few test runs with it when I first got into the software. That's something for me I really love because I'm not the most techie guy. Um, You know, sorry to say it for people who think I'm techie, but I'm definitely not. So this was really easy and really great for me to know that um, I was going to have no problems sending this and sharing this with other clients who um, are even worse than me, dare I say. And last, this is my favorite part. Once you're done 
you can actually split the tracks. So you can split your audio and video tracks up. There will be audio tracks for you, audio tracks for your guests, and then the same for video, which saves a ton of time in post-production. So if you haven't already, I strongly suggest checking out Riverside.fm. And if you love it, then I want to help you save 15% off your plan. Just type in Luis, L-U-I-S, at checkout, and you will get 15% off your plan. So, Kevin, I'm going to butcher your last name. I, I swear, I looked at the Apple Podcast app for like five minutes trying to pronounce it once. Like, Schmidt, Shamlin, Schmidt, yeah, yeah. and it, it took me a minute, but okay. Schmidlin. Schmidlin, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you, you said it a few times in your show, which, backstory to that, I was training for the Miami Marathon. Um, it passed in February. So, from like June of last year to February, I was literally running all around here as we're recording this. Um, where we're recording right now and um, listening to your show and part of that and a couple other really nice, really good shows. And um, I learned a ton and I've been doing this for 2016. And like you, you, you started, you know, a couple of years ago, you've like, like collapsed the time, <laughs> the, the, the teaching, the, the amount of time stuff you've done in that time frame, man, is amazing. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. So, so one to have you on the show here because I've got eight or so questions that I really want to hit on that I've probably been mulling over my mind for the past six to eight months awesome. yeah. <laughs> while listening to your show, running, running miles and miles, man. So Amazing. it's been, it's been really fun. Um, for those who've already heard the intro, they've already probably heard a little bit about your backstory, your show, what you've been doing, what you've been up to. But um, so what I'm going to do actually, I'm going to dive right into the tactics, cool. dive into the questions. Um, let's get into it, man. So. So one of the things that stuck out to me initially when your show first heard your show was you do a great job of storytelling. And you also talk a lot about people who have podcasts that come to you and they work with you and they are struggling to grow. Maybe they have an interview show. They have a podcast that doing for a year. They're an expert um, in their space. I want to know when someone comes to you like that, I know you've got a process system we can totally dive into. Sure. Um, what is and they're let's just say that they're afraid of niching down. Yeah. What's your advice to them? Because I get this a lot with new clients yeah. and people who have a podcast. They're afraid to niche down and to get more granular about who you're speaking to. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, there's a there's a number of reasons why people will be afraid to niche down, mm-hmm. but almost always it boils down to a fear of the audience pool being too small, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but I want to reach a wide audience, right? I want to reach as many people as possible, right? And so probably 80% of the time that I spend awake, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to convince people and, and, and explain that it's actually the opposite. And gotcha. so, you know, just the first thing to understand about it is the, the small. So first of all, we as humans can't comprehend how many people there are and <laughs> how many right. human beings fit into some of the n- most niche audiences, right? Yep. Like there's just literally hundreds of thousands of people that qualify. True. So number one, it's, you know, the, the audience that's too small is actually not too, no audience is too small virtually. Like right. I still haven't come across one that's too small. Gotcha. So that's number one. And then the second piece is, you know, the thing about podcasting, well, well Podcasting is such a long form medium, mm-hmm. right? People are, you're asking people for a ton of their attention, True. 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And so people really only consume stuff that's like hyper personalized to them that they're like really, 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 really into, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so when you try to appeal to as many people as you possibly can, you're really not resonating with anyone. True. Right. Because you're trying to just take into account all these different perspectives and all these different like beginner, middle, end, like, 
if you try to make your show appeal to as many people as you possibly can, it will resonate with nobody. Mm. And people are not going to listen to a podcast for 45 minutes, 30 minutes, even 10 minutes yeah. that they don't deeply resonate with and feel is like immediately, immediately relevant to their lives. Right. Um, so that's you. That's kind of the angle that I usually take, yeah. which is like, listen, I understand that you want to have a wide audience. The path to a wide audience mm-hmm. is actually to niche down now because the second half of that and stop me because I know I, tend, yeah, I have a tendency yeah, to ramble. Um, the second half of that is the, the advice. So you asked for advice. Mm-hmm. And so here's the advice that I give to any podcaster that's resisting niching down. Mm-hmm. Think of the podcaster that you admire the most who currently has a wide, big, you know, wide audience, mm-hmm. wide variety of topics, guests, blah, blah, blah. Yep. You're not allowed to compare yourself to what they're doing now. Go back to when they started right. and see what they did. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And see how unless they got some sort of funding from a TV, like unless, you know, they got marketing from a TV network or a record label or a a podcast network or something like that. If they truly were a self-made independent audience, they started with one thing and then crushing that one thing Mm -hmm. gave them the ability to then level up to a wide variety of things. Lewis House was the LinkedIn guy. Right. Mm. Everybody talks about Joe Rogan. That dude has had like <laughs> 10 different careers where he yeah. just did like it was comedy. Then for 10 years, he was just the fear factor guy. Then UFC. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tim yeah, Ferriss yeah. with his yeah. book, like he had to make for our work week first only work for tech folks in Silicon Valley. Then those people got so pumped about it that they got it to hit the New York Times bestseller. Amy Porterfield was Facebook ads. So you just you name it. Pat Flynn was architecture <laughs> yeah. architecture course yeah so anyway that's the biggest and probably the most crucial thing i'm so glad we led with that yeah uh, because that's literally half the battle a hundred percent yeah uh, that's what i always find here's the other thing i find so people sometimes are afraid to niche down yeah the other thing is they, they'll come to me like lewis I'm, I'm i want to talk about you know business i want to talk about health optimization i want to talk about this so they, they want to get niche but in three different yep. categories when you come across that um how do you deal with it or how do you kind of figure out a way? Like, do we, can we package a show like that into yeah. one or do we have to like figure out what we're going to kill and keep? Yeah. So it's actually, you don't have to kill anything, right? You just have to pick the, the, the think about McDonald's, right? If you mm-hmm. drive past the McDonald's, mm. what does it say under the arch? Hamburgers. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't say McDonald's hamburgers and fries and chicken nuggets and chicken sandwiches and McCafe and apple pies, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. they still get to do as much stuff as they want. Yeah. But they still have the one thing that put them on the map, got them there, got people to pay attention. And then within that space, they can do whatever they want. So it's the same thing for podcasters. Like what I'll usually say is pick either one sort of angle mm-hmm. or one really specific audience. Make your show one of a kind. Make, make it a category of one. Mm-hmm. And then in that space, within that premise, you can talk about anything you want as long as it applies. Got it. Got it. So so, so I want to take this into that example of like, let's just say we have a, an influencer, somebody who's maybe yeah. built a successful business, but they want to talk about health optimization, what they're doing with their body, business, what they're doing in their business, and also relationships. Could we take an angle on all three of those and make that angle um, for example, like, I don't know what an angle is. There's a show called three and 30 where they give you three tips in 30 minutes. Yeah. And I love that angle. Yeah. Is that, is that an angle, an example of, a, so of an angle? So it can be. Yes. And okay. like, I think of hot ones, right? <laughs> like the, the, the YouTube show hot ones, which is just, you know, not like yeah. those, that's an independent project. Yeah. Uh, and they like wanted to interview celebrities, but how many celebrity shows do we have where we talk about what they're promoting? <laughs> right. But they said, you know, theirs is a little more sticky, but they're like, this is the only interview show where celebrities have to 
eat progressively hotter hot wings throughout right. the interview. And immediately you're like, oh, I'm in, right? Yeah. Then within that space, yeah. they can talk about whatever they want. And that's how we discovered that Sean is this, such an incredible, Sean Evans, I think his name, mm -hmm. such an incredible interviewer, right? But mm -hmm. even the fact that he is a masterful interviewer would not have been enough if he independently was just doing celebrities talk whatever they right. want. Now, we don't have to be like that kind of corny, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But, and so where I usually go with influencers is, that unique audience angle. So like, if you can say this show is for, I don't know, uh, not, you don't always have to go with the local flair, but like yeah. entrepreneurs in Austin, right? You can talk about relationships in Austin. You can talk about all those things, health, right. all those things. Or it could be, you know, you could niche down to a specific type of entrepreneur, an age, an industry, mm -hmm. like, you know, and the beautiful thing about it is if you focus on that one one audience persona mm -hmm. and really angle the show towards them and through their lens, you can talk about whatever you want, health, fitness, yep. you know, all the uh, entrepreneurship. Yep. What's cool is that that's when you will start to get the people from all different walks of life listening. Right. Yep. There's people who listen and grow the show who aren't and never will be podcasters. Right. Uh, like I've had influencers on Instagram reach out and say, oh, my, my followership doubled. And I'm like, how did you find the show? They're like, oh, well, my friend's a podcaster, heard the episode about, you know, how to use social media. And I implemented it and it totally worked. I'm like, great. But if I would have been like, hey, my podcast can help you grow any audience. Right. We wouldn't, you would, we wouldn't be chatting right now. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's got to be when we're looking at a show. We're thinking about how we're going to niche, niche it down by the audience we're picking or the angle in which we're talking about whatever exactly. we're talking about. One or the other. And in general, I like it's it's just easier to do it by audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Usually yeah. because, um, you know, something that has kind of the shtick or mm -hmm. uh, shtick isn't probably the best word. They're just like uni unique value prop premise. Right. Um, you just need more volume for that to catch on. But when it comes to a unique persona, usually the podcaster is that person. So gets just like super jacked up, pumped about working with them. True. And honestly, man, that's, you probably found this too. Half of the game in helping our podcast, the podcasters that we work with mm -hmm. be more specific, isn't getting them to change what they're doing. It's just to zoom in on the core of the, you know, right. of what they offer. Exactly. And just focus on that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. I love that. So that, that helps. This is almost like training and retraining because it's like we we sometimes we think the, we know these things or we do know these things and we forget oh. after years of doing it and your head's down and focus, yeah. you forget like how to zoom out and actually help people with those specific questions. So I love that. Um, I love to talk about your clients because if you like we both run paid ads. So I see your Facebook ads all the time. You probably, <laughs> probably see mine. Um, so uh, I always see some great testimonials from people from your tribe. And I want to talk about that because sure. what's, what's awesome about that is that like you've taken shows that have been general, maybe watered down and helped them become more niche and more profitable. Is there any stories you can share that reflects like, you know, just like a client who was maybe yeah. like, it probably sure you've got a bunch, right? Like a client who was watered down show, didn't know where they were going. And now they're like niche down, but they're also profitable yeah. and they're enjoying what they're doing now. Absolutely. So first one that comes to mind is I think he was the fifth client that joined the accelerator way back in 2020, Howard, Howard Fletcher. So Howard's a real estate agent and his podcast, he came to me and his show was called uh, Real Estate, Wine and More with Howard. <laughs> <laughs> and like our, we laugh because we're like, oh, man, we're going to have to <laughs> we're going to have some work to do here. Yeah. But, you know, Howard was in that boat. He wanted to talk about mm -hmm. as many different topics as he could. Right. right, and, right. and naturally, of course, we all want that. Yeah. Um, and so he was struggling with niching down the same problem. Like, I don't know, man, like I, I want to talk about all these things. Right. His goal was to drive 
clients for his real estate practice where he lives in the DC area, right? Gotcha. And so I was like, all right, man, it's a, like, I kind of gave him some framework and this is early on in, in helping people. So like my frameworks were still a little yeah. underdeveloped, right? Yeah. It's a process, um, right? Yeah. Bless him for, for buying in early. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, man, let's look, you have this show. I want you to go and look at the top downloaded episodes, mm. top downloaded episodes and top retention rate on the episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Who, what episodes do people listen to the whole thing? Yep. And then just see, see what you notice from doing this. Yep. He came back and sure enough, he was like, I was like, you know, what are the top downloaded episodes? He was like, oh, the ones from this winery, this brewery, this spirit, mm-hmm. like blah, 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 like these things. I'm like, okay, what are the lowest episodes? Oh, there was an episode about real estate. There was an episode <laughs> about um, intermittent fasting, like all this like, random, random stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Howard, you have a DC area wine, beer, and spirits podcast, and you don't even know it. And so he was like, oh, so he rebranded to Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher. And I never saw him on coaching again <laughs> because I was like, hey, man, how'd it go? What's going on? He was like, dude, I'm, you know, I'm, I have all these interviews uh, week after week. Now all the local areas want to be on my show. I've right. got like limousine companies and like wedding companies wanting to sponsor. It's probably been, I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so same thing. Like he got to do essentially the same show. Right. And right. it was just literally uncovering the nugget of his unique value proposition mm-hmm. that was hiding under his desire to just talk about literally anything and any gotcha. Right. Got it. Got it. So looking at the data is really what helped him like let's figure out what's what people actually want yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the podcast. Yeah, and so that's the best place to start. And then after that, like get get a hypothesis from the data. We just did this literally today with my show, Grow the Show. Get a hypothesis from the data and then go to your audience and confirm what you think the data means. Because sometimes right. you might be surprised, but oftentimes it's yeah. correct. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, looking at the data is sometimes like we don't want to believe it or we're like, oh, did, that, did that episode yeah. really get number one? Like I ask questions, I'm like, I look at my numbers and I'm like, don't tell me that's number one. Come on, guys. Oh, in an episode that like you were so pumped about, you're like, oh, yeah. and then it just doesn't do so well. And you're like, come on. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I love that, man, because that's that's happens happens a lot. And we just sometimes need someone to pull us out and see like, well, here's where you're here's what the data is telling you, here's where maybe you should follow in that path. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So I've got like, a bunch of questions. Here. I'm going to skip around a cool. little bit. So I want to jump into, because I'm a listener of your show, G- uh, Grow the Show. That's so much. Um, you're welcome, man. Um, so the podcast, from what I've seen, has evolved. Like you've yeah. done the storytelling thing, which is originally what I want to, we're going to sure. drive and dive into that later. But um, you started introducing sponsors, which is awesome. So I know in your previous show, you had sponsors yeah. um, and you're starting to weave that in now in a really, really easy, it's like a really tasteful way. It's not spammy. It's really, really natural. Um, it seems like the great you're having great fits. Um, two of the people I've heard are Joe uh, Jordan Harbinger, yep, who's a, a really really <laughs> cool guy. Yeah, <laughs> got some funny stories about that. Um, sure. And then I have, uh, and then you have uh, Riverside, That's which, right. which we use Riverside as well, yeah. which is awesome. So um, I want to kind of dive in if you can. You don't share numbers or anything, but like how how did those come about? Yeah. Um, and like when it comes, how are you? Are you actively going after them, or are they coming to you? What does that whole thing look like? Yeah. So it's actually a partnership through uh, Halataha's Young and Profiting Network. So basically my my stance when it comes to podcast monetization is one thing at a time, mm-hmm. right? A lot of podcasters are like, I want, you know, rightfully so, I want yeah. multiple streams of revenue, but the mistake right. is trying to build them all out at the same time. Gotcha. So for Grow the Show, as far as I'm concerned, it's monetization is conversions of listeners into clients of the accelerator. Exactly. And that is it. I yep. have focused literally every ounce of my energy on making the show as great as it can be and then converting folks into the coaching program. Got it. So... We had actually gotten individual sponsors reach out in the past up until we started this work with with the app, Young and Profiting. Mm -hmm. 
about two months ago. And we, we kept him at an arm's length. We said, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I'm happy to just like, you know, I'll, I'll throw a note out there, you know, just right. in good faith. But we're not actually accepting sponsorships at this time just because sponsorships, it's it's a lot of work. Right? You you're imagine. introducing another party. You're introducing another customer to keep happy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. sometimes those customers <laughs> and your listeners who are your other customers, what they want are right are opposed. Yeah. So it's a whole different game. And so I was I, I actively was avoiding building that out while still also improving and, and focusing on the accelerator. Program. Right. Gotcha. So then I heard from Yap and they were like, Hey, uh, was on the show. She said, Hey, I'm building a network. Um, I was on your show and it's, you know, one of the best engagements that I've gotten, right. I've gotten tons of engagements from your audience. Right. Um, so, you know, I think you might be a good fit for this network. At first I was like, ah, I don't know. Like I'm not really doing that yet. Yeah. Um, and so eventually we talked it through and I was like, you know what? She has tons of contacts in the podcast industry. And so right. I saw it as, as, as an opportunity to build those relationships um, while having to not do any <laughs> monetization work. So for sure. candidly, that's a deal where it's, that's sold for me. Gotcha. Cool. And, um, very intentionally, we still aren't building out an outbound ad sales pipeline. Got right? it. Because I, like yeah. I said, very much believe in building one thing at a time. So right. we might get that down the road. Uh, we, we might build out like a full-on ad sales pipeline, essentially. For sure. Um, but that's how that deal came about. And, and very much, I'm in a position where I'm like, I'm only, like, we've turned down a lot of potential sponsors yeah. that have come through that deal because I'm like, literally only perfect fits that are like, that are, my sense. audience is going to be pumped with exactly uh, so that's how that came about and that's where it's i'd say we're still in kind of testing mode with it gotcha um gotcha and so yeah cool i love that no that's that's a new new to me I, i'm familiar with the show um with young and profiting um i'm actually in their slack group funny enough uh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah they do some interesting things in there which is always one of the things i like about them is they're always testing yeah and always polling their audience right um as a consumer of content and also a producer it's like they are constantly asking for feedback which is something we're always telling our clients to do it's like Go ask the people who are listening and downloading and yeah. who are probably paying you money in some form or fashion. And that was another reason for doing the partnership because, like, I'll be honest, like, we don't need the ad dollars at this point mm-hmm. focusing on the accelerator program. Right. And so for me, the motivation was more so, right. A, testing out the, the proof of concept, B, building relationships with those sponsorship companies, and, and C, and probably most importantly, the relationship with Yap to just because there are there's a lot of stuff that they do that is just yeah. fairly impressive. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. I would love the chance to work with them, see how they do business, see how under the hood a little bit. And so yeah, yeah that's what we're doing. That's very cool. Very cool. Fun fact. Every one of our episodes gets consumed about 79% of the way through. That means some of you, and I don't know who, but maybe it's you, some of you are actually not listening to the outro which is absurd. But anyways, if that's you, if you are a busy entrepreneur and you are already running a successful business and you want to figure out how can I launch my podcast and guarantee it gets ranked and gets the exposure and visibility that I know I deserve because I'm an expert in my in my field and I've helped people achieve amazing success, then I would love to chat with you. And the easiest way to do that is to shoot me a text. I'm not much of a, of a phone guy, but shoot me a text, 561-889-2447. That's 561-889-2447. And I will send you a booking link if you're interested in launching a podcast with us and want us to guarantee that you'll get ranked in the top 100. Now, you have to qualify. We don't offer this to everybody, but if you are a successful entrepreneur who's looking to expand your brand, your personal brand or business brand, into the podcasting space and you want to do it right and you want to get ranked, then this is for you. All right. Remember, it's 100% money back guaranteed. So that means if we don't deliver on our promise, we will send you your money back. So 
Again, enjoy the episode and hope to hear from you soon. Bye for now. Now, I want to dive into um, the storytelling aspect of your show. So you are different in a sense of I have seen a lot of podcasters talk about podcasting and experts and some people are great, know what they're doing. Some people, maybe not so much. It's a it's a mixed bucket. Um, yeah. You know, and, and one of the things that stuck out to me about your show is that you take it from a story angle, a story, storytelling angle, meaning you sound more like an NPR show. Mm-hmm. You sound more like one of my favorite shows is, um, or anything from Noiser. I love Noiser. Yeah. Noiser Radio. Yeah. Noiser. That's a great, they're doing some great work. Um, so all their podcasts I love. So they do a very, it's, it's all about history. It's all about storytelling. Your podcast, how you interview people is just like that which I know is a expensive, time-consuming. That's why people don't do it. Yeah. Um, and also people just don't know how to do it. Yeah. Like, it, you know, so how did you get into that? Like, because I know your first show um, was a lot like that yeah. as well, correct? Yeah. So so you as a newbie podcaster, I've never seen any other newbie podcasters, independent, mind you, <laughs> go with a storytelling arc like you did and the way you did it. So how did that come about? Yeah. Um, how'd you learn it? So I, my... The, the thing that was lucky about this is that I had no idea that this was not a normal thing. <laughs> <laughs> you started at the hard end. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, it could be easier. Yeah. So, Got it. so here's, here's the, the, a couple of things that kind of added up to Philly Who was my original show when I lived mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. And it was, it told the story of successful Philadelphians in a very cinematic way. And yep. essentially it was inspired by how I built this by, uh, with Guy Raz from yep. NPR. And I just loved listening to those entrepreneurial stories mm-hmm. and hearing them in a very cinematic narrative way. Like it's just like the whole story was just on a silver platter. Right. And my two favorite shows at that in 2017, pretty much the only two shows that I listened to then were How mm-hmm. I Built This and also The Tim Ferriss Show. Got it. I love The Tim Ferriss Show, but I don't listen to the majority of it because right. it's a bit like it's a wide variety. So, you know what I mean? So yeah. like if that – like again, nothing against him obviously – He's not here as anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what I feel about it. Yeah, He's exactly. Crushing it. But yeah. um, as you know, just as a listener, I noticed my own behavior where I would click on some episodes and if I wasn't immediately grabbed by what they were talking about, I would leave. I wasn't gonna sit there for three hours and try and find the nuggets. Yeah. So that plus I had a little bit of audio editing experience from my time in acapella in college, because I was a super huge acapella nerd. I was oh, in college during cool. the heyday of like pitch perfect and the sing off. My wife and I love that. Yes. <laughs> love that movie. Like, don't, yeah. don't get so, me started. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, my acapella group, which was two years old at the time, sang at the Philly premiere of Pitch Perfect. So, it was like, the timing was perfect. <laughs> I was in college when it was, like, you know, totally nationally uh, a thing. To, yeah. That, where acapella was cool. Acapella was cool for, like, four years. And those are the four <laughs> years the that four I was in college. Right. So, through that nice. time, I, I learned I learned music because I just got so into it. Learned how to compose music and arrange mm. music. And also learned how to produce the human voice. Nice. Um, and so, t- I took those two kind of random things. The love of how I built this acapella. And I was like, I want to hear a show. And I loved Philadelphia, still do. Mm-hmm. Um, just graduated college, want, you know, wanted to be an entrepreneur there, was yeah. getting to know a lot of the entrepreneurs in the city. So I was like, I want to hear the stories of these Philly entrepreneurs like I hear the stories on how I built this. And Got it was it. like, you know, these folks, these billionaires and, and incredible founders, they get their story to be told in a way that makes them just sound so freaking cool, like, like yeah. it's a movie. I was yeah. like, I want to do that for Philly entrepreneurs. And so that's, that's it's what I did. Descript didn't exist then, so it's just like in audio editor, just literally taking probably, you know, oh my God, 20 to 30 hours per episode, moving stuff around. And yeah. it was just totally unreasonable, <laughs> not scalable. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. It was fun, man. I would listen, like I would make an episode before I even launched the show and listen to it like five times because I just loved it so much. Wow. wow. So it was, it was, a, it was a project for me uh, and then launched it and then kind 
wouldn't have worked. Right, <laughs> so I left the right. full-time job. Uh, and then from there, I was itching to be an entrepreneur so badly. This was the first thing that really, truly worked of all the other weird ventures that I had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so went all in on it, left a corporate job, back was against the wall. and was like, oh my God, I got to make this work. Yeah. And then the value prop, like the big differentiator was it was Philadelphia entrepreneurs, but in this really, really cinematic way. Right. Exactly. I love that. And that's, I think to this day, I mean, as a listener to your show, I would say keep that at least for 50% of the episode. Sure. Because that like, if you, and this is me just giving feedback. Yeah. If you go tactics, you're going up against every other tactician out there. Yeah. And they can't do what you do. Yeah. Um, so, so if I may, here's the yeah, difference. Yeah. And I'd love your feedback on this because this is so new. For so sure. we're definitely not going to can it completely. But what we've learned and what I've learned is people love stories. People love storytelling. Mm-hmm. But where the adjustment that we're going to make with Grow the Show is that we kind of, there were kind of two halves of each episode. The first half, we would have a guest on who has something tactical to share when it yep. comes to podcasting, right? The first half of the episode is very much their background and their story. Mm-hmm. And the second half is them sharing their tactics or whatever, but it's still very, very, very narrative. It's still heavily edited. Yep. Um, and so we're just going to adjust what stories we're telling at the beginning, mm-hmm. because what we've learned is sometimes we'll tell a story and yeah, it's how they got where they are, but it doesn't directly relate <laughs> to the topic that they're about to teach. True. Right. Yeah, I see what you mean. And so that's what we're going to experiment with. We're not going to like, we're not going to change the format and have it be, you know, unedited and everything. Cause that's right. our superpower. Right. So we're not yep. going to give up on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's what, like, that's kind of the feedback that we've gotten is that there's some people who skip the storytelling portion. And I'm like, okay, if they yep. skip it, that means that it's, not storytelling itself that's the problem right. or the it's format. Just it's just the stories, I think, that we're choosing. That's my theory anyway. Yeah. No, I, I can honestly say I've listened and skipped some. And I'm sure. like, okay, get to the tactics. Exactly. And other times I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Yeah. So it just depends. Um, but the, again, going back to it, your superpower and the thing that you guys do really well is the storytelling arc. In, and that's what separates you when I listen to other shows and yours. Um, how have you... Like, is, is that scalable? Is that a process that you can say that you can teach to anybody? And if so, where do you start with like, yeah, just teaching that? Yeah, absolutely. So it is, I mean, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> so I've hired Catherine nails. She worked with me on Philly who she's from Philly. Um, and so we started working together in 2020, I think. Um, and then she, you know, naturally came over to grow the show when I started that and it started blowing up. Right. Um, and so essentially the, the, you know, the process that we take is it's, Uh, Like, you know, we're Americans. We love process, right? Step by step. (laughs) So uh, the process that we take is simply we do do a bunch of research, Mm -hmm. you know, get as much as we can from the interview. The interview is very, very informal and choppy. People are often surprised at how they came back. And like, it's like not, it's almost like we're not on the air, right? Right. That's Um, good. That's a good feeling though. Yeah. That's what you want. Right. Right. And so I'm just literally, I go into the interview already knowing what I need them to say. (laughs) Like I leave very little to like... As, as hosts, like, we enjoy being surprised and, like, oh, I want it to be authentic. But really, yeah, like, for yeah, the yeah. end product, I love being surprised. And sometimes those make the best episodes. But I don't go – I don't, like, hold off knowing things. Like, I go into right. the interview. Here's what I need to get you to say. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and, of course, I ask questions and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. then, essentially, I, pa- I pass it over to Katie, our producer, and she now knows the, the process. I'll just map it out for you. We sure. take the interview, break it down into blocks. Here's what the guest is saying rather than here's the question that I asked. Hmm, okay. And then gotcha. we do this in Descript. So I, I used to do this by myself, you know, in audio editing software. Then for a hot second, I would like get a transcript and make changes there. And then tra- mm-hmm. like it was clunky. Yeah. The script came out totally game changer. Got so it. Made this super, super easy. 
And so Katie essentially takes the the interview, deconstructs it, um, and you know she's done this so many times. She knows how she, to do it very efficiently. Yeah, it's formulaic yeah. now for puts it back together based on our thesis for the episode, what it is that we want to present to the listener, mm-hmm. and then we write the episode like it's not like the main difference. It's storytelling, but I would say like the main. I think the main differentiator is the episode is not the listener listening in on a conversation. Exactly. 100%. It's a conversation that I, the host, have with you, the listener, and then I provide to you <laughs> exactly. audio from the guest as support almost for yep. what for what I'm presenting to you. And so we build the episode with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, essentially our goal is to use as little voiceover narrative as possible, although we've gotten a little cute with it lately. We've used a lot because it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to write and record. Yeah. But, um, you know, the goal is to have it be as seamless and just the guest talking as much as possible. Got it. Um, and then whatever context is needed or, you know, sometimes the guests will talk for like five minutes and it's like I could sum- summarize that in one sentence. So I'll do that. Right? Out, so yeah. just like little ta- little tricks using the voiceovers to make it more consumable, more understandable, mm-hmm. you know, more this than that than this than that so that the listener doesn't have to do any work to figure out what it all means and can just right. like sit back and, and take it all in. I like, yeah, so the, the big dis- the distinction that your show has from other shows, which I love and want to point out here, is that you're talking to the listener instead of being, a, so instead of like being the third person in the room right. where like they're listening to a conversation that you guys obviously had over Zoom or whatever, and it's like a lot of back and forth, no editing, completely different experience. Even when I'm running, I'm a runner, so yeah. I'm like, I'm running and I'm listening to you and we're having a conversation yeah. about this right. person you interviewed, so which is which is awesome. So I want to dive in a little bit deeper here. Sure. So. You've got it in Descript. Um, Catherine, is her name? Yeah. yeah, Catherine. Okay, so Catherine sees it all, and she can pull out the blocks. Is, is Are you going in and writing the scripts that you're going to record, or is she writing those? So these days, she is really good at writing what I would I'm write. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. She's she like essentially you. becoming a ghostwriter. And so she off, she'll, she'll essentially write the whole episode. There are some times where she's like, say something about this here. Right. Or right. like, you know, something like that, where she'll, she might know of a client's story or just like mention this part. Yeah. Um, or sometimes she'll say something like, consider saying this. And later I'll be like, no, I don't want to say that. I'll take it out. Right. Yeah. So essentially she puts the episodes together, puts the, the placeholders for the glue, the voiceovers. Right. Sometimes she writes them completely. Got it. Um, and so there are some episodes where essentially, basically, I do the interview, and the next time I see it, I'm notified that it's ready for me. Right. And I open it up, read through. Sometimes I'll change things. Every once in a while, I'll move some stuff around, you know, just mm-hmm. you know, as a creative. Yeah, thing. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll rewrite stuff. Other times I'll just read it verbatim, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and we go from there. And so, you know, working with Katie has been incredible because – What's cool about it is we are working together to have that kind of unified voice. So every episode that we work together on, we get closer and closer and closer to kind of having the same view of things. And so it gets more and more efficient each and every time. Got it. I love that. I love that. How long and average from the time you, let's just say from like research and interview on a guest to it's produced, not just you, but like your entire team, like what does an episode take in terms of time? Well, the the research is pretty, so... (laughs) We haven't gotten to that's another question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. We'll hold off on that. So, yeah. I mean, we do the interview, and then, I mean, I have to ask Catherine, <laughs> right? No, we I did, can we, ask my team. We did a too. team uh, time study a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know exactly what it shook out to be for the for the we call it the content edit, which is that stage yeah. where she edits the content, right? Gotcha. Um, I would guess probably eight to twelve hours of of her time, and then another. two. One to four of mine, depending on how complex the episode is, how many changes right, we make. Right, right, right. Uh, which is a lot. You know, it's expensive. Yeah. And yeah. part of the reason why we're tweaking it is to see if we can um, update it to take less of our time, mm-hmm. still having the same weight in terms of storytelling and effectiveness. But Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing I'm always looking at. I look at your show, I'm like, that's awesome. But I know that's a lot of time big intensive. Cost. There's a big cost to it, exactly. But I think that's, um, if you're somebody who's getting in the podcast, like I've spoken to a number of like bigger influencers these days. Um, like I was in War Room last week or yeah. a couple weeks ago, and um, they were like, there's a couple of big guys in there, like you know, legends, and they're, they want to get in the podcast, and they're happy to drop 100 grand. Happy to drop 100 grand to make the show look like Joe Rogan, hire a producer, all that. So, so I do think... There's gonna be there is room for it, you know, yeah. for from indies, not just like yeah. not just networks, but individual individuals coming in that want that quality and they're happy to pay yeah, for it. And it's not like it doesn't have to be. I mean, we're we're the best example of it. Not right. the best. We're an example of it. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're the best. I don't know. But it doesn't have to be a, a team of ten, you know, no. NPR reporters, right? Yeah. All you need is essentially one person to take it and <laughs> do the work that I just described. Right. And you know, often like for folks like that, it's not going to be them. Yeah. Um, but even someone who is just starting out and doesn't have an audience yet, like if you're into that kind of show and, and you think you would enjoy the process of putting together those episodes, mm -hmm. I, I do recommend that a lot to uh, like up and coming thought leaders Right. where I'm like, listen, like you can get to the point where you just turn on the microphone, talk, and then it's like, and then that's it. Yeah. But sure. early on, if you put a little extra TLC into the episode like this, where it is more of a presentation and people listen and they're blown away by the, the value that you have in storytelling and everything. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. It is an incredible way to differentiate differentiate yourself yeah. as a podcaster rather than yet another show that's talking about <laughs> finance, right? <laughs> that's thrown up. Yeah, exactly. It's like cut the cut the uh, audio off, throw it up on wherever you're hosting lips and are captivating. That's it. Um, there's too many of those, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think the thing about it is like a lot of those, I, I don't blame these podcasters because yeah. I get it, but a lot of those podcasters, they are optimizing for as little time as possible for them to work on the show, right? Mm -hmm. yep. I want to be able to do this in as little time as possible, which is cool. That's noble. I understand that. But you have to understand that if you're not taking the time to sift through the conversation that you have, you're relying on the listener to do that mm -hmm. and to sift through and find the value and, yep. and, under, and apply it to their lives and make it make sense to them and understand what it really means. And so you're basically saying, here, you figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can do that. And people who have huge names <laughs> can get away with it. Can get away with it. <laughs> a lot of them, by the way, as you know, can't because it just doesn't work, right? Like how many right. celebrities have come in and out of the podcasting world because they think that you can just, it's really easy. Yep. So somebody's going to have to sip through the content and figure out what's valuable. Mm -hmm. And if you're, as the host, as the producer, not willing to do that, you need to understand that you are relying on your audience to do that. And a lot of human beings are not going to take the time to sift through the conversation you had and figure right. out what it means. For yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, there was one question I forgot I was going to ask about the post-production or the, the how you go about producing it, but it's, it's blanking on me now. So I'm going to sure. I'm gonna, uh, switch gears a little bit second, for a second here. Um, your show is all about growth. Your show is all about how to grow your podcast, get more downloads, become a six-figure podcaster. For you personally – and you've done podcast guesting. I'm sure you've tested maybe some ads here and there. What has moved the needle for you the most in the past 12 months when it yeah. comes to growing your show? Podcast guesting. I love it. It's funny. It's like, it's one of those things where, like, I think you said before, it's like, we often just need to be reminded more than we need to be taught, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I was, I kind of got off, actually for growing the show, I really haven't pushed the podcast guesting game all that hard. Mm. I've relied a lot on essentially the growth of the coaching program, right? The Facebook ads and that kind of just yep. brings, and we have a, a killer Facebook group, which gets word of mouth and stuff like that. And I was doing out, like I was testing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But then I was featured on Dave Jackson's podcast I uh, heard. a couple weeks ago <laughs> and I like went into the numbers, the diff. The day the episode released, huge jump in our downloads mm. and uh, a 25% jump in his episode from previously. 25%. That's big. 
And then I was like, all right, cool. Let's see how this does. And it stuck. It yep. did not go down. So I'm like, interesting. that one hour that I spent with Dave grew mm. my audience, which, you know, is more than a thousand. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. 25%. <laughs> I was like, damn. So it's funny. Earlier today, I was kind of like taking a step, taking that step back to all the, the growth yep. strategies. Yeah. And, you know, podcast, like getting featured on other shows. Yeah. Is just, I mean, I'm curious, would you agree? Do you, would you find that, do you find that to be the same sort of bang for your buck? Uh, ROI? Yeah. Yeah. I got case studies made. We've made high five figures off of one interview. Unbelievable. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's big. The thing is I find you have to really be hyper, like be targeted about who, what shows you're going on. Yeah. So for example, last year I went on a show, I, w- I went on a specific run where I just wanted to go on shows that talked about social media yeah. because I knew they're the social media person. I'm the podcast expert. So it's a perfect fit for our audiences. And we did that. We had one client come through, spend, he's still with us now. He spent over 50 K yeah. to this point. Just from that one. Just so, from that one. So it's like, well, that made money. And yeah, I had my, right. had my assistant do it. 50 K an hour. Not so bad. Yeah, not bad at all. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I haven't done it recently. I just been kind of organically and focusing on growing the business, but yeah, uh, for bang for your buck ROI, if you're an right. entrepreneur or somebody who wants to use it to spread your message, then yes. Um, paid ads is okay. Yeah. Um, and, and we can totally get into that, but like, that's a whole other thing, but it's, it, that's more for like, if you have a sponsor and you're going off of CPMs yep. and want to grow aggressively through that. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, same, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pod, podcast guessing has been the biggest thing. Yeah. And um, the thing about it specifically for podcasters mm-hmm. is that it's uh, the only way to guarantee that everybody that you're, that this growth tactic reaches mm-hmm. is a podcast listener is via being a guest on podcasts or maybe advertising in podcast apps, but yep. you know, getting getting to folks so that they discover your show while they are in the context of being a podcast listener, mm. rather than I mean, some of the other growth tactics that work really well, like my flagship one is targeted daily engagement, which yep. is basically a social media uh, growth uh, strategy, which yep. works really well. But you know, I'll just go out and admit, like when you do that, not one hundred percent of the people that you engage with and build a relationship with listens to podcasts and you're not going to convince them to start. <laughs> I mean, maybe no. you can try, but it's, it's unlikely, right? Yeah. So as far as bang for your buck, ROI, particularly, not only for just entrepreneurs, but podcasters, it's yeah. just getting yourself featured on other podcast feeds. Yeah. I wanted to ask you this too, because this is another one I've got down. I've kind of got like down, scribble down on my notepad, paid marketing, swaps. What is, what has gotten you most excited these days? But like, we just talked about podcast guessing. So for you, have you tested swaps at all? Podcast swaps where it's like, Hey, do my intro, I'll do your intro or anything like that. Yeah. So a lot of my clients, actually a lot of the folks in the Grow the Show program have started doing that with each other and oh, cool. it works well. And so I haven't started testing that with myself quite yet. Gotcha. Um, my next move is going to be more of a, a podcast swap promo circuit, if you will. Yeah, um, that's cool. It's funny. I was like, man, I've actually never done this for Grow the Show. <laughs> like, I've helped so many people do it for their shows and it works, but I've never actually done it for myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that'll be the next move. And I've heard that the swaps uh, work fairly well. Mm-hmm. And I would like, this is conjecture. So if you've done it before, I, I'll, I'll ask you. Um, I would guess it's probably a little bit more efficient than having to book and schedule uh, an interview. And, and then you got to wait for them to publish, right? <laughs> because right. with some yeah. podcasts, that takes forever. Yeah. So I'm curious, yeah. have you done not the Turn the table on you. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I've seen clients like you. Yeah, I've seen clients do it and it's, it's, it's effective. Podcast guessing, I feel beats it. Yeah. Um, and the hard thing is, it's like, you got to get an agreement. Like, Hey, I'm going to do this for you. You can do this for me. And here's the dates. So you got to tie everything down. Like the dates, yeah. the times, how it's going to be produced. 
Right. How long is it going to be? Where is it in the episode? Like, there's a lot of details there yeah. if you want to do it right. So I've seen it work okay organically, yeah. but podcast guessing and paid ads I've seen work better in a sense. The other thing about podcast guessing is that you're already taking advantage of a system that they have, right? You're just exactly. plugging into something they're doing routine rather right. than, and the swap stuff is going to be something new to them. <laughs> so 100%. Just so much risk of them just not falling through just because mm-hmm. the human brain doesn't like to do things that are new. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big, really good point. I never even considered that. Um, so yeah. So last question here, Kevin, um, for you in the podcasting space, you've seen a lot, uh, you've interviewed a lot of really cool people. Um, and you've probably heard a lot of, had a lot of conversations with people behind the scenes, but for you, what has gotten you most excited for the next year, 18 months in the podcasting space that's coming up? Honestly, (laughs) it's funny. It gets me excited because, so there's this just belief in the podcasting world that it's just kind of impossible to get new listeners. (laughs) You know, like, you know, we speak with you know, dozens of podcasters a week mm-hmm. and the folks that, you know, listen to the show that I hear from in DMs and everything, there's just this overall. And sometimes like I try not to throw rocks, <laughs> but right. sometimes, uh, you know, there are, there are podcast experts who, when, when somebody comes to them asking for advice on how to grow their show, they mm. tell them to simply lower their expectations and like, mm. like they'll be like, Oh, just like do it. Cause you're passionate. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And I've seen like well-respected names do that. And I'm yeah. like, you can totally grow. You can totally grow a podcast audience. It's not that hard. There's tons of people listening. So what I'm excited about is the opportunity to show people (laughs) and try and like, you know, I think we, the work that we do can change the game in that regard. Mm -hmm. And, and just by, I don't know if it's just like making the frameworks easier to digest. Right. But people don't seem to have the same limiting beliefs around YouTube, around blogs, around literally anything else, right? <laughs> Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, it's like, so easy for them, yeah. Right, but it's the yeah. same concepts. Exactly. Yeah. Traffic, nurturing, conversion. It's the same everywhere. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm excited about. And the other thing that I'll say, because I, I think the question's around, like, what excites me about the podcast industry. Mm. Um, stuff like this, man. Like... We, you and I could consider ourselves competitors. <laughs> could do, yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Like, I feel like in other industries, would we be rapping and like trading stories? Like, I don't know. Like, right, right, right. what I found is that the podcast industry is so welcoming and just down to earth and kind of cool. <laughs> like, yeah. we're nerds, but everyone's just so nice. So, yeah. like, I don't know. That's that's the more long-term thing that excites me about being in the space. Who knows if it'll change? For sure. But just like the vibes. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. The growth thing for one, two, and then also the fact that the community and podcasting is super, super collaborative. Like yeah. I've hired my, <laughs> my competitors yeah. in feed. I've, I've literally bought their programs, hired them as my, my team members, like formerly been my competitors. Now they work for me. So yeah. it's like, it's cool. It, yeah. it, it, and they're super collaborative and open. And like, I have no um, qualms. Like there's very few people in this space that you just kind of like eh. yeah like i've had the other i've had other stories like for example i've got some clients in the dating industry and they're like yeah we don't oh. co- we don't collaborate yeah 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 i've seen that in the entrepreneur like marketing space too or just like yeah. don't talk to like and yeah. i'm like uh, yeah I've, I've had competitors join the program and i'm yeah, like I'm sure. oh no yeah. don't do this teach them this go ahead you know? and they're like okay cool thanks you know so it's like here's the thing there's plenty to go around <laughs> like, you and i are going to be just more than busy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the biggest realization for me was I was looking through some of the clients that have joined the program in the mm-hmm. past uh, in the past few weeks. And what was crazy to me was seeing how like 
none of them had launched because I go like I work with folks who have already launched their show. Right. Yeah. It's our big distinction, I would say. Exactly. We focus on more people who want to launch. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. And so like we, we, which is cool. We know that because if we get someone who's like, I'm looking to launch, I'm like, go go Dr. Lewis. (laughs) That's not what we do. Um, But I was looking and I was like, wow, all these feet, all these folks who joined the program weren't even in this market. They weren't podcasters six, eight months ago. Right, right. So there's so many people entering this world, which is probably the third thing that excites me the most, both as a businessman and just as someone who hopes to help these people reach the audience that they want to reach and make good money doing it. True. It's a, it's a cool time to be in the space. True. Cool. I I agree on all that, man. So cool. So Kevin, thanks so much for being here, man. Um, we're both in Miami, at least for the, for the time being, man. So it's good to connect and, um, really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me, man. So pumped to be here. You're welcome. Hey, Lewis again. I hope you enjoyed that episode and I hope you took something away that's going to help you on your journey towards launching a top ranking podcast that get 100,000 listeners or more, ideally more. Now, remember the focus of this show is to help business owners launch podcasts that add more profit to their bottom line and more authority and credibility to their name. That's what we're about here on this podcast. Now, if that's you and you want help launching your podcast and getting it to rank in the top 100 of your category or your money back, then maybe my team and I can help you. But hold on. I do not want you to take my word for it. We all know that you can go on YouTube and learn how to launch a podcast. You can hire a million different companies and freelancers and consultants to help you. So I'd rather you hear from other business owners just like you who have gone through our process, gotten the results, and love what they have built. Check it out. Once I hired Lewis, he helped organize the entire show, the pre-launch, the contest. We had an epic contest, which was all Lewis is masterminding and uh, his whole organization of how to do that. We had over 107,000 entries into this contest. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, don't think twice because the investment is worth tenfold, not two or threefold, tenfold, tenfold for what you invest with Lewis. Only a matter of a few weeks, the podcast got launched. They also supported me through the entire launching process, how to communicate with my audience to maximize the results. And when it did launch within a few days, uh, we made it to the top 50 in two different countries. Uh, We get about 25,000 downloads a month and the podcast has literally completely changed my business. My podcast right now has 10x my business and that's not an exaggeration. When I started working with Lewis, I was making about 40K a month. Right now, my business is making $400,000 a month, and I credit a lot of that to the podcast. And then when they listen to one episode of the podcast, they'll listen to another episode of the podcast, and then that cold lead will turn into a warm lead that turns into a hot lead that becomes my customer. Right now, I have 775 active clients, and a lot of those people found us because of the podcast. Luis Diaz is the man. He knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to starting a podcast. He knows exactly what he's talking about in terms of getting your podcast to 100,000 downloads. Because right now, my podcast has over 225,000 downloads, and it's been about a year and seven months. I didn't just want to do a podcast. I wanted to do it the right way. We are at number two in the parenting category of Apple Podcasts the week that we launched. We're now hanging tight in the top 25. Could not have done any of this without your assistance, Lewis. Literally, I keep asking Lewis, like, how can I give you more money? Like, what else can we do together? Because literally working with you has changed my life. It's changed my podcast. It's bigger than that. It's changed my business. Lewis Diaz, 
badass podcast growth expert. 